Welcome to the Philly AdCast, informing and engaging the advertising community. Powered by Alchemy X and the Philly Ad Club. Here's your host, Bjorn Henriquez. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philly AdCast, powered by Alchemy X. We're here with this month's guest, Jonathan Yee, news director here at Alchemy. You thought about being in Paul McCartney's uh, home. I saw the complex conversations. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it's all over the map. What I was trying to do in some of my research for this interview was, you know, you try to look for like kind of one through line through someone's career, and it was uh, 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 a lot of different experiences. Um, so I just wanted to talk about some of those experiences. So how how was the experience with dealing with so many kind of big names and com- complex conversations? Uh, uh, had uh, Ice Cube. Uh, you know, funny is all those people that I name drop are like not even like famous anymore, but they're famous to me. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like I was telling you, I'm working with Ice Cube today, or like with Snoop Dogg, or whatever. Right. And like, because I know those names, but all the names, like I remember, like the names that people were actually hyped about were like Vince Staples, or like people so, who I yeah. don't really know. I don't really know a lot of like modern culture in the way that I, I should and I try mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> complex actually helped me help me learn and they a lot put about that it. together so so that know. was another thing Mark Echo found me uh, to do that job he started complex right and right. he saw mad tiger on Netflix oh, so and that's then I got that, that job because okay. they fired the director of that and then he saw that on Netflix the night he fired this person and then I got a random call to go to LA to take over the show oh, that's, that's crazy right yeah, yeah so that's also why like I was trying to figure out like these people, and I found out, I met this guy, Steve Aoki, mm, who we yeah, have actually, our moms are friends or whatever. So really? Like, from back in the day. like he's Did you found that out after working? No, n- um, right before. Okay. Right before, because we had a mutual friend who told me about this. And then it was like, uh, yeah, it was really weird how our, our circles intertwined because he used to be in punk rock in mm-hmm. Southern California, and my friend's bands would tour through, and Steve was with him, and it was oh. like really funny. But it's like... Uh, yeah, like that that whole thing has taught me a lot. And I think working on these jobs a lot of times teach you about who's famous. Like I got offered Justin Bieber's first music video and I turned it down because I was like, I don't do yeah, music like videos hair. anymore. <laughs> no, I was like, I was trying not to do music videos anymore, right? Okay, so you were sticking to your time. brand and your code. Well, and I was your... just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, no right. more music videos, no more. I had just finished a Twisted Sister video, mm-hmm. and I was like, that was like the last one I'm going to do. Because right. I was like stoked that it was Twisted Sister, because like, just like them from the past. Right. And then the new guy, they're like, he's on YouTube, he's popular. And I'm like, <laughs> YouTube's nothing, it'll never be anything. YouTube's right. stupid. And of course, I was like, dead wrong. Wow! You know, wow! Yeah. What? Any? Any? Any other things that you turned down? I'm always case? wrong about so many things. <laughs> There's been several times in that shape. I know that Bieber one specifically uh-huh. was. I was just like, no, YouTube's stupid. No, Google was another thing. Like when I was in high school, so I switched high schools once because I went to a really bad high school, mm. which Dangerous Minds was based on. If you remember that film. Oh yes. I yes, went yes. there for a while, and then I switched schools pretending like another Asian lady was my mom in Palo Alto, and I would commute to school in Palo Alto, California. So that is like a tech hub, and it always has been. Mm -hmm. When I was in high school, Google started, and they stopped by our school to show us, like, here's a search engine we made, Google, here's some stickers. And I was like, your logo is so ugly. Like and this will never. I was like, this will never ever take off. That was, was like, like when Yahoo was like the yeah, king, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. it still is in Japan. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I was like, you guys will never go anywhere, you jokers. Mm-hmm. But I was wrong again. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think. That might have been my biggest wrongness. Thinking Google mm-hmm. will never take off. <laughs> so what about know. being at, at, at Paul, Paul McCartney's house? Did you? 
Hopefully, you didn't like knock over anything. No, I think I mean that was the only time I was truly scared of everything. I like I feel like I don't get starstruck a lot just because like I usually have to do research to like learn about who these people are and mm-hmm. and there's been people I'm always like no man everyone's a real person like it doesn't matter but the only time that was different was with Paul McCartney because. My He's parents. Well, I grew up in a house that's like you know, culturally Japanese, oh. and if you're culturally Japanese, like my dad's Korean, my mom's Japanese, so like they love the Beatles. Like just it's just like a thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Stones aren't even con- in contention at all. <laughs> like it's just the Beatles. Like right. it's not even a question. So that was the only time I was like, I don't know. I felt like. It's the Pope or something. It's just like that's the only time your 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 parents were like, uh, get us something. No, no, no. Actually, I mean, I was excited to tell them, and Uh, then they they were excited about Jimmy Carter. Actually, Jimmy Carter mm, was the one I was. They were excited about. Um, But yeah, I think like I I was like, oh man, I was with him, and I remember there was times we'd be on the street and people like, who is that? And the security would be like, that's Sir Paul, Paul McCartney. And they'd be like, I don't know who that is. And there's so many times that happened actually really? in New York. In New York? In New York. Happened a lot. Wow. And then I told my parents about this and they were like, yeah, but you wouldn't know about him either if we didn't like force you because it's our generation's music. It's right. not your music. So right. it's like, it's not it's not my generation. So it's a parenting thing. Right. Really. Yeah. yeah. So, and and uh, and with a, with a former president, um, I always, I've, I've never been in the presence mm-hmm. of a president. Of current or former president how was that with the security and everything that comes with that being able to like to connect and well, actually he lives do your job a, he lives in plains georgia which is like a place with no cell reception or anything just so far away from atlanta or anything you had to drive forever um he has you know he has secret service there all the time they rotate yeah but we were just at his childhood home and just a normal dude yeah and he teaches sunday school every sunday so if you live in Plains, Georgia, you're going to have Sunday school with your kids there. Have, have, uh, Sunday school with, uh, with A lot Jimmy. of people there still work on peanut farms and that whole right. thing. He was a peanut right. farmer. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought it was like, I don't know. I feel like he was a very real person in a, in a, in a way that I feel like you know it's rare to see, I guess. So um, I wanted to, to, to see, because you're, you're in the uh, technology – how uh, two final things? One is how is technology changing how you direct? Well, technology is like the number one reason why I even changed my focus from fiction to nonfiction. Okay. Because that was the whole thing with the C three hundred. Like I was like trying to use these DSLRs when they first came out. It's like, well, you can see in the dark. Like when I was first learning how to shoot, like if you didn't like blast people with light, you don't you don't see anything. You had to shape it. You had to spend hours like setting it up. And then when these DSLRs happened and they were small, like I could just shoot anywhere, especially because I'm Asian, like I could shoot any footage anywhere and they just think it's like a home video. Like I can get away with stealing shots anywhere. I'm not kidding. It's like the best benefit ever. They're like, oh, he's probably just like, this for himself. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, So I've used that a lot for my own personal docs where you don't have permits or anything like that. Okay, a little little tidbit, a little secret out there. Yeah, get an Asian cameraman and just (laughs) that's going to be totally chill. Right. You know, because they just never think I'm doing anything bad. Right. So what about so do you when you sit and really think because I, I see like new startups coming up and I always think okay how's this gonna affect uh, you know my industry how's AI gonna affect my industry how's blockchain gonna affect you know what I do do you see anything that's that's kind of in your periphery right now yeah. that's gonna dramatically affect it I mean I fought it forever this whole vertical video thing I fought forever and I taught a class last semester at NYU not in the film school but actually like in the in the business school okay, okay. Uh, about um, 
it was a partnership with Facebook and Instagram where I got hired by NYU because I was from the film department. It was all about vertical video and the future of IGTV. And they were like, no one, they were trying to like, still are trying to do, uh, be the destination in the future for vertical video. Because everybody Mm -hmm. is dabbling with vertical video, but they're like, IGTV could be long form vertical. I mean, Korea, like some absurd, like 80 or 90% of viewership happens like on a phone. Right. And so when you Korea say vertical video, too, so. when when you say vertical video, meaning basically mobile based video, yeah, like you're holding phone. like as a phone, right? Like, and I used I used to always say like the moment anyone shoots anything on a phone, I quit the business. That was always what my philosophy was, but like I always say stuff like that because I'm just being dramatic or ridiculous. <laughs> but like you just say wrong a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 and I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> and the thing is, and this is something where I feel like it's like I'm who's to say what's wrong about like how people want to see things, right? right? So we only like watching 24 frames per second at 180 degree shutter angle because that's how cameras are made, right? right? So like that's why we think that looks good. It looks like a movie just because like just because they made them that way, right? right? right. Uh, why do we like shallow depth of field? Why do we like this like? Aesthetic. It's because of the way that those movie cameras were made. We're always trying to copy this thing, right, right? right? And then now we see people making beautiful footage look like VHS or look at right, or look right. like horrible stuff for some nostalgia or something. Mm-hmm. In the same way, uh, when I saw stuff that looked like a movie or Super 8 or something like, it affected me emotionally in the same way that like somebody would watch an old skate video or a VHS tape or even like I don't know a mixtape on cassette or any mm-hmm. of this technology that doesn't move me in some way but like you know moves other people so in the same way if you grow up not watching movies you know in the way that we've been watching them mm-hmm. who's to say you can't tell a story in this way if this is how people are going to watch it especially right. if places like korea are mostly like if they're watching anything at all it's, they're watching it like that yeah so i wanted to work with facebook and instagram to find out like what the best practices were like how people are watching it how long right i feel like if i can like figure out this stuff I joke about being wrong a lot, but I, I'm wrong a lot because I think about it a lot. <laughs> Try to figure out, like, can I continue to work in the future? What can I do? Because I remember when Vine first came out, and I know it's gone now, and I saw some Vines that my students were doing. I was like, wow, their storytelling Well, Vine isn't is technically gone. I will say mm-hmm. because it was f- just a feature-dependent business, uh-huh. once— uh, 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 Instagram and Facebook adopted yes, that. Yes. That's what did it. So the behavior yes. is still there. But that influence, right? Yeah, so like thinking right. about like storytelling in six seconds or however. Right. And yeah, I used to think you can't tell a story in 30 seconds, which now feels like an eternity when you're trying to like sit through a pre- pre-roll or skip or something. Right. It's probably only 15 seconds. And it feels like eternity. Yeah, now. yeah. You're like, okay, but, <laughs> skip. Wait, where's the skip on here? Right. But yeah, I feel like uh, there's ways to tell stories in that way. And I feel like the future of advertising to be effective is true. Like, get your message out, be memorable, and just try to figure out how to reach people. Right. Because in the end, like, the whole world is sales, right? Like, right. it's like the whole idea of, like, convincing anyone to do anything. Convince mm-hmm. anyone to work with you. Convince anyone to, like, watch your thing. Convince anyone to collaborate with you. Right. Convince any, you know, so I feel like... It has to be authentic, too. Yeah. That's the other part. So I, I'll, I'll get clients a lot of times say, I need to get my message out to so many people. And I want to make it this way. And they're kind of copying like someone else's ad, like obviously copying someone else's campaign mm-hmm. or blueprint. And reaching people is great. You can advertise on just by any platform and buy the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't come across great, if the creative side isn't authentic and honest and it's what your company or service or, or what it really is, 
it's 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 just not going to work, and it, and um, and you end up wasting you know a lot of a lot of a lot of time and, and money in that way. But it's interesting. You, you so you're saying that in thinking of filmmaking at this point, you're thinking of how it's going to be consumed differently. So you're making it in my the, lifetime. Yeah, it might yeah. not happen right now, but like right. I'm just trying to say like. It'll influence stuff, and it'll still. And I'm going to be asked to do it. I know for a fact like, I'm going to be coming. asked to do it. Yeah. I was asked to do it a couple of years ago, actually, to do a show on Snapchat with Billboard, and we went down to Atlanta, hung out with Migos, and did all this weird stuff. Got into Atlanta rap, which I didn't know anything about before. Oh, wow! Well, that the was trap, cool. The trap scene, yeah, there. I thought it was cool. Like yeah. the thing is, like, didn't all come my, back with the chain. Well, all my, I think that stuff is really funny. <laughs> all my friends, like. Growing up listening to hip hop, they always like love this '90s hip hop and whatever. But like, right. I don't know, man. I think what they're doing now is like way more my speed because it's really funny. Because they're just like, I they're don't know, way just more entertaining. It. Well, I don't know. They're just like, I don't know. I think it's a reaction to the world. It's uh-huh. a reaction to the way the world is. They're not trying to be poetic or anything. They're just right. trying to do drugs and have a good time. It's like a it's like a coping yeah. thing to like this insane world we're in. Right. And they actually have a real scene. But anyway, that whole thing mm-hmm. was a Snapchat show shoot everything vertically, and it's a music show starting in Atlanta about different scenes, right? It's like, right. cool, that's cool. Okay. And then, um, and then, yeah, like, basically, we went to do it, and then Snapchat had some financial problem or something, and then they didn't even release the show or anything like mm. that. But I'm saying, like, two years ago, it was already happening. I wonder, though, if it's, right. like, VR or something, which everyone's like, learn VR, right? and then it went away. But I always felt like VR didn't make sense because, like, the whole point of filmmaking is to like frame stuff up. Right. Like, right. like look at this. I think you let people went, like look at anything. Right. I don't know. It went more. I think it's going more experiential. I, I see what the NBA should is be real doing. real estate. Yeah, definitely. Do that. Walk through definitely. my apartment. Walk, you just put in and walk <laughs> through. But even you know, being able to, you've never had the chance to sit floor seats at a game. If you can put on. Headset and feel like That's your true. floor seats and the NBA. Is that good doing, though? I haven't tried it. The NBA's the been pumping it. Stuff. This is the thing. For you know, coming up, and I never went to a a, a sporting game until I could afford to buy tickets. Yeah, right? yeah. So my uh, I didn't go with my parents. Stuff yeah, like yeah. That. But to think to be a, as a as a kid to be able to put my phone into a headset and sit there and kind of experience that and look around and see it and feel it for those that that you know can't really get there. I see more of a use case for real estate, definitely, mm-hmm. more so than, you know, hey, I'm up, shoot a movie, and I'm going to be, like, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Know, it's but, a different purpose. It's yeah, a different creative. Yeah. I mean, in every technology, every piece of technology, like, shapes every— I mean, I was just trying to think about this today, like, Instagram stories versus Instagrams. Like, they serve—and I think about this a lot because we work with Facebook. The whole thing yeah. is— the different purposes it serves, and the, like the you know the different kinds of ways that people use it to tell their story mm-hmm. in different ways or right. get messaging out. It's interesting to see how the, all these tools work. And I've seen cinematographers come up that were really good early on with social or like getting their brand out there and like getting hired for things just because they became experts in certain things or being able to be presented as the experts in certain things. Selling yeah. themselves. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I would love to end on that. There'll be uh, links in the show notes, and you'll be able to have links to John's work and bonus scenes and bonus footage from this interview. This episode was recorded at Alchemy X. On behalf of the Philly Adcast team, I'm Lisa Leonard. Thanks for listening. <laughs>